Hello friends, this is the Daily Edify with Jeff Lane, a place to get spiritually grounded and into alignment with the flow of love each weekday morning. In each episode, we'll focus on a spiritual practice, a poem, a book, a sacred text, something that can empower us to be more fully alive to the gift that is the day before us. Thank you for listening. Today's episode is about the practice of self-compassion. I was introduced to this practice while on medical leave to recover from depression late last year. It's been a transformative practice for me, not because I've mastered it, I certainly haven't, but it's like when you read a new book or discover a new album or a new TV show, you just have to tell everyone about it, you know, it's contagious. That's how I feel about self-compassion. I grew up, as maybe you did, in a family of perfectionists. No one was harder on us than we were on ourselves, which I can see now was a protective mechanism. But the truth is, perfectionism is a fool's errand. It's impossible to achieve, and it impairs faithful living. There's an incessant need for control and just a huge fear of failure always looming. Brene Brown has this great line in one of her books. She writes, Perfectionism is the 20-ton shield that we carry around hoping that it'll keep us from being hurt. But in truth, what it does is it keeps us from being seen. Yeah, that's good. Perfectionism, friends, is is a dead end, a, a bridge to nowhere. But here's the good news. The practice of self-compassion is the antidote to perfectionism. Self-compassion helps us strive for excellence, but we also recognize life is continual learning and failure is part of the process. Self-compassion helps us be adaptable, courageous, humble, curious, faithful, and committed to win-win options. Living more in the gray of good enough, uh, more than the dichotomy of black and white. Kristen Neff is a professor of educational psychology at the University of Texas, and She's credited as the pioneer of the self-compassion movement. She's written books and given TED Talks and recently started the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion, which offers training in this life-changing spiritual practice. Google her to learn more. That's Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. I'll put it in the show notes as well. But here's the gist of how self-compassion works. It means acting with compassion toward ourselves when we fail, pretty self-explanatory, right, on the face of it, but in particular, it means when we're having a difficult time or notice something we don't like about ourselves, to embrace that compassion. Instead of ignoring the pain with a, with a stiff upper lip mentality, we stop to tell ourselves, huh, this is really hard right now. This is really difficult. How can I care for myself and respond with resilience? How can I show myself kindness and understanding rather than harsh judgment, which might be our bent? Take this for example. If you're like me, sometimes you talk to yourself in ways you would never talk to a friend, this sort of internal monologue that's always chattering away. You you talk to yourself in ways you never talk to a friend or a family member, not even to an enemy. The practice of self-compassion helps us to notice these unhelpful patterns and pivot in the direction of healing and abundance and connection. A couple of things self-compassion is not. 
which Kristen Neff talks about in one of her TED Talks. Number one, self-compassion is not self-pity. When we feel self-pity, we're immersed in our own problems and forget that others have similar problems. We often separate ourselves and get caught up in our egos. But self-compassion, unlike self-pity, reminds us that we are not alone. That suffering is part of the human condition. And while we might be struggling right now in some huge despair, we remember that it will not always be this way. So that's the first thing. Self-compassion is not self-pity. Second thing, self-compassion is different from self-indulgence. If you're like me, you might be reluctant to be self-compassionate because you worry you might let yourself off the hook. As in, I'm stressed out today, so I'll go on an all-day Netflix, Netflix binge and eat a quart of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. Now, not that I know that from experience or anything. No. I have done it. That's, that's self-indulgence, right? We, we've all been there when we just tap out and we want to numb out. Self-compassion, by contrast, is about growing into our potential, about being healthy and happy in the long term. It's about changing our lives from a place of strength because we want to embrace the abundance that life has for us, shaming ourselves into action by self-flagellation doesn't work in the end. Being extremely self-critical may produce behavioral change in the short term, but in the long term always leads to harm. In the Christian tradition that I'm part of, we're invited to view ourselves the same way God views us, with boundless compassion. It's like the Jesuit priest Greg Boyle often says of the former gang members he ministers to in Los Angeles through Homeboy Industries. He founded it a couple decades ago. But Greg Boyle says, you want people to recognize the truth of who they are, that they're exactly what God had in mind when God made them. What if we really believe that? friends, that we are exactly what God, what love, what the divine, however you understand God, that you are exactly what God had in mind when God made you. If we can get there, we will be practicing self-compassion. Or perhaps it helps you to think of a person in your life who most embodies love toward you. Maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a dear friend, a neighbor, someone who loves you just the way you are, your brokenness and all, to try to view yourself the way this person views you, reflexively, without difficulty, with a sort of buoyant generosity and an excessive love, unconditional regard. So here's my invitation to you today, friends. Lean into the practice of self-compassion. Maybe you're up early to head out to work or to get the kids ready for school, or maybe you're feeling buoyant as you enter the new year, or maybe you're exhausted after a really difficult holiday season, or maybe you're trying to start a business or have created something new that you're trying to bring into the world or to offer some unique gift to make the world a more hopeful, more loving, more just place, more reflective of God's dream. Whatever you're doing today, see if you can adopt this practice of self-compassion. You're the only one who can give it to yourself. 
right? No one else can. That's what self-compassion means. Your, your parent, your child, your spouse, your partner, your friend, your coworker, your neighbor, they can't give you self-compassion. Only, only you can. Only I can. Only we can give it to ourselves. This practice of self-compassion to remember that we are beloved just as we are, that original goodness is planted in us more deeply than anything else. Of course, there will be plenty of things today and tomorrow and the next day that conspire to deny this truth in us, but it's critical to remember we have agency. We can decide what lens we put on or what thoughts we dwell on each and every day to again come back to viewing ourselves with boundless love and compassion. And again, it's not self-indulgent to view yourself this way. It's, it's actually holy. It honors the unique gift that your presence is in the world. And paradoxically, when we're practicing self-compassion, like flexing a muscle, our, our compassion for other people doesn't diminish. It's not like it crowds out the zero-sum game of compassion, but in fact, our compassion for others is magnified when we're practicing self-compassion. Again, it's not about a zero-sum game, but, but one of abundance. When we flex that muscle, it's more reflexive to flex it for others, too. So may it be so, friends, whether you're a newcomer to the practice of self-compassion like me or a seasoned practitioner, may we all practice self-compassion today. Go farther up and farther in, remembering that we are the only ones who can do it for ourselves. And when we do it for ourselves, it doesn't just stay with us, but spreads to our family, our friends, our barista, our coworker, our neighbor, indeed to our weary world. Friends, may you find liberation in this practice as I have, and may light and life and love be with you. If today's podcast has blessed you, provided a tinge of clarity or some nourishment for your spiritual journey, please share it with a friend so that we can create a more inclusive community. Or do you have any feedback for me, any show ideas, something that was particularly helpful or something that could have been better? Please send me an email at thedailyedify@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's in the show notes as well. I'd love to hear from you. Also, please consider rating and reviewing The Daily Edify wherever you get your podcasts. Friends, you are loved and never alone.